Hi, my name is John Kim. I'm a therapist who went through his own rebirth many years ago, and I've been documenting my journey ever since, sharing my life lessons and revelations. I believe in casual over clinical, with you instead of at you. I come unrehearsed on purpose because self-help doesn't have to be so complicated. So I've been trying to make more of an effort to spend some quality time with friends. It's like date night in relationships where if you don't make an effort to connect and spend time with your partner, it, it just it goes by the wayside, you know, it just will not happen. And so you have to do things like date night, right? And it's the same with friendships. As we get older, we especially if we have children, uh, there's just not enough time in the day. And so friendships will fade. Uh, and so you have to make an effort to invest in friendships. And so I've been trying to do that more and more. And uh, it's been good. I've been finding nectar and moments and meaningful conversations over coffee, uh, little gatherings, you know, motorcycle rides, workouts. And so today was another example of that. I invited three old friends into my garage studio to have an honest conversation. Three dudes. First, we have Andy Thompson. He's a dad, husband, an educator, a fitness guru, an entrepreneur, and a lifelong adventure enthusiast. This is not false advertising. I know him very, very well, and he is definitely an adventure enthusiast. Um, he's been a fitness trainer and instructor since 2002, training A-list celebrities. And by the way, a lot of trainers say they uh, train celebrities, and it's bullshit. Uh, he, he, I know who he trains. They are, they are in fact, A-list celebrities, professional athletes. Uh, he's also very humble and modest about his clientele. And uh, anyone who wants to improve their life with fitness, he definitely has a passion. He's very purpose-filled when it comes to movement and fitness. He opened the first CrossFit gym in the greater Los Angeles area back in 2008. And that's where we collided. I was on my um, rebirth from divorce and I found Andy in CrossFit. And he's definitely made a huge impact in my life. And today he's a great friend. Um, he's currently expanding his reach with fitness online with online programs and nutrition counseling. He's also an inspirational and aspiring artist as well. Super talented, this guy. And he's uh, an accomplished martial artist. And he plays Magic, The Gathering, and loves Ninja Turtles. <laughs> All right, next we have Charlie Curtis. He's also a dad husband, fitness personality, gym owner, and now a new podcast host. He runs his community-driven endorphins, it's I-N-D-O-O-R, Fins, P-H-I-N-S, fitness app, out of his brand new Studio City gym. And he's the host of his brand new podcast, F1. And that's spelled E-F-F-W-O-N. So look for that podcast. Charlie has two boys that keep him very active and is constantly evolving in his new role as dad. Check out Charlie and um, jump into his online fitness community. And finally, we have Nick Gonzalez, best known, or maybe Nicholas, he prefers. I don't know, I call him Nick. But he's best known, he's an actor and best known for his portrayal of the charming and exacting Dr. Neil. God, he's going to kill me. Mandela's. Mandela, I can't say it. Dr. Neil. Hey, Nick, you know English is my, my second language, right? Anyway, um, ABC's Global Hit, The Good Doctor. And uh, he's a Texas native and Stanford graduate. Nicholas Gonzalez is known to audiences uh, for his extensive resume. Some of the hottest TV shows he is uh, currently, you could see him as um, Cap Levi on a NBC sci-fi hit La Brea and uh, Nicholas's passion for humanity exceeds his entertainment work and in-depth character portrayals as a father, husband, actor, and activist. Nicholas is committed to projects both on and off camera that highlight the injustices, struggles, and victories of the human condition. 
And uh, all these dudes um, I used to work out with, feels like high school, but it was about uh, 14 years ago, um, before children, before wives, before mortgages, we were just dudes interested in um, competing with each other and connecting through our daily sweat. And today, we are all adulting very hard. <laughs> and in this episode, we share our struggles and um, just, you know, what we're dealing with these days. And one of the reasons why I had them, I had them on was um, because we have that in common, that we are all fathers, husbands, although I'm not technically married, I kind of you know, I've been with my partner for five years, so I feel like I'm, I am also a husband and we're in a monogamous relationship. So fathers, husbands, and um, all, you know, building our things and uh, passion-driven, purpose-driven. I really enjoyed this conversation. I think you'll get a lot out of it. So enjoy our reunion. So my new joy in life and also super meaningful is running these weekend retreats in Idlewild, California, like-minded people with a common thread of working on themselves, coming together for the weekend, going through some kind of journey or character arc, half somatic experiences like ice plunges and guided hikes, and the other half, group processing, processing about life, love, relationships, and of course, great coffee and homemade food. Come check it out if you want to come. It's uh, like adult summer camp, tatretreats.com. To find out when the next one is, that's tatretreats.com, and I will see you in the wild. Hey, you know how um, sometimes you look forward to something like the prom or like an event, and you've been looking forward to it all week, and then that thing comes and you're super disappointed, and you're like, oh, it's not what I thought. Is that now? No, th this, <laughs> is not, this is not going to be that. I'm saying this is not going to be that. I've been looking forward to this all week because uh, it's a bit of a reunion, and um, it's hard to get people together now, you know, with family and uh, schedules, going through people. Now, people all got, like, agents and shit now, so it's, like, it's so hard to, to get people together. Uh, we managed to do it today, and so uh, there's four of us. And so I have some intros. The first person I want to introduce is, uh, his name is Andy Thompson. And he is a sorority girl, a nature lover, a coffee connoisseur, an influencer, and um, a victim. And I'll ask, I'll ask what he means by this, but that, that is his bio. Uh, fun, fact, fun fact about Andy Thompson. He grew up in a small town, and he thought all Asian people knew kung fu. And so, growing up as a kid, I'm John. He's the only one he's trying to pass. Growing up as a kid, he was terrified of um, of uh, Asian people, and so I think when I met with him, or when we collided about 14 years ago, uh, he knew that I did burpees really fast, and I think he thought I was dangerous. Yeah, I didn't think that it wasn't. It wasn't terrified of of Asian people. It was in awe of the skill. Oh, got of it. The karate. Got it. So that was honestly that was a real thing I, I i mean growing up back in the 80s i think living a very sheltered bubble life i thought because of tv all asians knew karate and so whenever i went to public school <laughs> like, and met my first asian friend right i was like that guy is the most dangerous guy in the room <laughs> i need to know this guy you, you were how old 27 <laughs> and yes. him and tran instant friends yes <laughs> yes yes uh but it, uh, i don't know any kung fu you know what's ironic is andy knows kung fu it's funny. he throws those sticks and shit you're yeah. really good at kung fu thank you are there belts in kung fu it's irony or if it's racist I, for you to think that it's surprising <laughs> that he would know it oh that's <laughs> a little it's it's racism, racism. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, I, you know, I mean, I think that in the American society, we like to put belts on things, but there's not any formal belts. Oh, no. It's like I've been studying since yeah. 2002. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that was the bio Andy texted me. Um, but <laughs> in, in sincerity, he, he, uh, 14, 15 years ago, he started, um, a very small CrossFit box called CrossFit Hollywood at the time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that was kind of the place where um all of us used to work out together and then from that box a lot of people went on to um create other boxes and um and i feel like your box spawned a lot of careers mm. also people got together 
People got married. People got married, had babies. Yeah. Um, got divorced. Got divorced. Yeah, it was oh, like CrossFit yeah. High School. That was serious, man. Yeah, so that's yeah. how uh, we all that's know great. Andy. And some people have passed on, too. I was thinking about that the other oh. day. Oh, oh shit, you're right. A handful of people, not just one or two. Who? Yeah. Like, uh, well, Julia Adams. Julia was the one I was thinking oh, of especially. Right, right. She, uh, she, I remember she loaned me some money to help me start the business. Wow. It's like that oh, I, I that. yeah, so she was one of the investors in the initial oh, I had no uh, idea. breakdown of having to scrape and grind and grind to a yeah she was my client before i had crossed all she was a client at Gold's in gym. the park and started the park. Yeah, yeah before, before the that, park. Yeah, yeah wow and you started in the park mm-hmm. which is which is really cool yeah. yep then we have charlie curtis and uh i'm gonna let i'm gonna let, uh, do something kind of fun i'm gonna let andy uh tell us about charlie curtis i remember i didn't Meet Charlie first. I met Erica first, mm-hmm. and she brought you in. She's oh, like, I, I didn't think, know that. Yeah, yeah. She came in and she did it as a like I think a novelty because she was with Lululemon at the time. Yep. And she came in to do like a group class. Like the instructors came. She's like, I think, I think that my boyfriend would really like this. He was like a buck twenty at the time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. No. Charlie, not the, <laughs> no, not the manly beast 20. you see in front of you now. No, Charlie was always kind of really fit, and and he uh, he came in and he was like. You know, this tall buff guy and immediately was beating everybody. It was yeah. kind of like one of those guys that was like, you, that guy's going to be good. He's an animal. But he, had, well, no, no. he had long, long hair. You remember? Yeah. What was yeah. unique about yeah. Charlie was, so there were there were fast guys and then um, there were strong guys. But I think Charlie was the first that was actually fast. He was deadlifting over 400 pounds. Right. So he was strong and he was fast. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but, Erica came home and she's like, this shit sucks, but I think you're going to like it. And the people are nice. So you got it. <laughs> now here you are. All and these years later. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. Man, that was fun. Erica is Charlie's wife. And then they went on to create their own CrossFit box called Rec Center, right? Downtown. Yep, downtown. Um, we started that in what? 2011. Um, and just shut it down early on in COVID, but basically trying to replicate CrossFit Hollywood community uh the programming the coaches all of it so we ran that for about nine years um and i've transitioned to just virtual stuff now i have a private training studio i train clients out of an app and i don't know can't get can't get out of the fitness world well you're also creating a new gym correct i just finalized the moving process this week so it's there done um it's awesome studio city so let me ask you this um what made you want to open a new gym? Did you miss uh, community? Did you miss elements of uh, what you had at Rec Center or, or CrossFit Hollywood that you wanted to uh, create again for yourself? Or what made you want to open another gym? Yeah, I mean, I had another space downtown. You know, when I closed the uh, the CrossFit gym, it was just kind of survival. I needed something, to, a space to work out of. I had a online virtual community I did live classes with. So I needed a physical space. And then I've been able to kind of maintain a, a private training business while doing the virtual stuff. So I love it. I love meeting with people, being with people in person. So I don't want to get rid of that, even though there's the virtual option. But yeah, I love the community part. What's going to be different about this gym? Or is it not going to be <laughs> The location. Just location? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And finally, we have uh, Nick Gonzalez. And I actually have a legit, I have a legit. Um, you don't have to read that bio. I thought it might just help He's best known for way. his portrayal of the charming. And ex- <laughs> okay, he's an actor. Uh, everything <laughs> from The Good Doctor to uh, Jane the Virgin to most recently La Brea. Um, you know, I'll be watching TV. Uh, I rarely watch TV, but sometimes I watch TV and um, I'll see you. I'm like, oh my God, there's Nick. And like, I feel like you're Hopefully, that's what it's supposed to work. <laughs> that's, yeah. the yeah. that's the goal. Residuals. You're usually <laughs> behind a bar, you're doing something. Usually behind a um, bar. There was something where you were <laughs> at a bar. Maybe. <laughs> but uh, you, you've been working for, now, have you been working this long since we met or ha- has your career kind of exploded? You know, I was, I was really fortunate. I moved, uh, I graduated early from college. It was like, I got to get to LA, race down and move to Venice and, you know, didn't know anyone, but it was a Texas boy. Like this guy, but from a little bit of a bigger town, San Antonio, but never thought acting was in my future. Anyway, fast forward to founded in college, moved down to L.A., and that was 1998. Wow. And by 99, I had shot a pilot that would then we would go on to shoot for the consecutive three years uh, called Resurrection Boulevard, which mm-hmm. was the first Latino primetime series. 
and I played the, um, I was a boxer and medical student and um, kind of the center of some of the story of the show, but like a really incredible cast. And for me, that was kind of my, my learning ground. And um, so, yeah, I've been doing it consistently since uh, 1998. And then I think um, fully without anything else on the side since 99, thankfully. It's, it's been a long, long, long road. Yeah. So, um, you know, I grew up in L.A. and there have been a lot of actors and people in entertainment. And they say that if you could just... Um, do acting and not do anything else, I mean, that's success. Meaning, like, you're actually not having to go get, you know, other other type of work. Well, it's so it. hard to be um, a, a working actor and, and rely just on that so that, yes, if you can, uh, in many ways, that's considered success. I mean, yeah. it's the largest, one of the largest um, labor unions with the, you know, with the most people that aren't working, the most unemployed. Right. You know, so it's, I think it's, something crazy low is the percentage of it's not even half the of the members that are working wow. so you're tough. also um now uh producing and getting into uh production with your wife right so you're not just acting but now you're um acquiring projects and stuff like that yeah that's been really interesting i mean i i think i i resisted for so long working with her because i was telling the guys earlier is she's just so good at everything like yeah. uh, as far as organizing and just pushing through ideas she plans to be creative me it has to like hit me but she's like okay between here and here i'm getting this done and she'll do it right. and that goes from like writing scripts to you know to hatching a plan on how we're going to get all the kids over there while we're filming and and funneling through the grandmas and and the nanny and like how we're gonna make these things work and each time we move to a new city she's the one you know, jumping in so getting into business with her i was like oh I'm gonna have to work. I can't get. I can't get away like the way I do things. You know, I'm a different guy when she's not around. You know, on the work in in the sense of like how much time I'm putting into things. I mean, I waste so much time. I guess that if she were to see that in my my own hours when I'm alone, she would be like, "How do you even get anything done?" Like, I almost don't want her to know. Mm. How are the parrots? It sounds like we're in Ace Ventura. There's legit pirate parrots out there. We are coming to you. you. Yeah, from the Um, jungle. You know, it's it's just background noise. I'll People expect it when the, they when they hear, the, they hear this. <laughs> I think it, it kind of adds an element of jungle, maybe, like a yeah, primal survival. Yeah, hills, I know. Weather. And it's kind of. It's very <laughs> I know, it's There's like a '90s movie called Pump Up the Volume with Christian Slater, where he's just broadcasting from his living room, and I've always that's always been the tone of this. Um, and then Andy, you recently got married, and this is going to be the bridge into. The conversation that I want to have. Um, so what's really cool about this and, and also you guys and kind of following you guys on social, uh, met you guys like, I don't know, 12, 13 years ago, mm-hmm. and then being able to see the character arc. So we are all now fathers, right? We all, you know, either have a mortgage, we have wives, we, we've all, we're all adulting now, right? I think it was, fun, it was funny because I was just thinking about that while we were setting up. I was like, wow. We all, we all also look pretty amazing. I gotta I'll say, we don't we don't look we don't we don't look horrible. We're not you know buying Corvettes and and with big you know like not to judge aesthetics, but I know, I most like, I had a Corvette. Really <laughs> weird, right? Thinking like the midlife crisis, but um, but maybe because we're all kind of into fitness and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I, that's a massive factor. Yeah, I'm sure. yeah, yeah. We're not yeah. we're not like uh, I don't I, think it's a coincidence that we all got right. addicted to CrossFit around 2008 for me, but you know all of us around. Roughly yeah. the same time, and it's kind of funny. There, there was a big energy, big passion back then. Yeah. There was a, a lot of really cool people, which I'm sure a lot of us are still in contact with. A lot oh yeah, of, which is really cool. My sister married one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, he someone was from the, the gym from CrossFit. He Hollywood. was one of the first park guys. Yeah. Is it sure. um? Is it arrogant to say that we that we look good, Charlie? Uh, you get it all the time. He's used I think to it. It's fine to say. I think, yeah, it's, no, I I think, think it's okay. Well, no, I think it's healthy to say that you're proud of how you are. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah. Because right when I said it, I thought, oh, that's kind of an arrogant thing to say. And also, I didn't want us to be like the uh, the skeleton guys in in the Karate Kid. Do you know what I'm talking about? Cobra oh, Kai. Yeah. Like Cobra, Cobra Kai. Kai. Yeah. I kind of picture like the cool Skeptic kids at CrossFit Hollywood that were kind of. Oh, like we were that. more machios. Yeah. I was definitely yeah more scrappy. Yeah. I think you know. <laughs> I think I was. I think I was Mr. Miyagi. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's I say up. we. I'm that's the only Ralph Macchio the group. Everyone's like, <laughs> okay, all right. Andy, Andy, and Charlie were definitely the skeleton dudes. Um, yeah, you, these guys <laughs> are definitely on some Johnny. Johnny. Yeah, yeah. They were Johnny vibes. Yeah. I, I, dude, that movie. 
I gotta go watch that tonight. So Andy and I, we do uh, a Monday man chat and it's not recorded, it's just private. Uh, and, and we always start with an opening question. And the mm-hmm. question I wanted to start today with, uh, just jumping into the deep end of the pool, what is life slash the universe confronting in you these days? Whoa. Okay, just think about it. These days, what is life slash the universe confronting in you? <laughs> I know. Who wants to go first? I will. It's a big one for me because it's, I feel like it's all happening right now. And happened on the drive here. It's, I think there comes a time when I don't want this to come out the wrong way because, um, I don't feel like it's a detriment. It's not, a. I mean, things have to die for something else to live. And there's a past that has to change in the way, because we were what we had to look out for. For most of our lives, you know, mm-hmm. then we finally got married and there's someone else that you can, you know, look after. But barring rest of close family, but you are your first and foremost thought. And to finally have someone else and, you know, children that you can, it's about them. And now I can pull this focus off of myself, which has got like, I'm so tired. I'm so over me from the way that mm-hmm. I've been and that I've known me that I'm so much more excited about getting to know this me who's fired up about these kids yeah. and showing them the world. Whereas I thought I'd seen everything. And now I'm like, Oh, it is new again. This is interesting again. This is cool. I don't have this kind of cynical feeling that I thought I had that kind of cynical humor that we had in the nineties into the early 2000s. Like I carried that all this far. And then I started saying, you know, this isn't serving me anymore. Yeah. And so for me, I feel like what's confronting me is leaving this guy behind. I think guys have a hard time. They're like, well, I don't do this anymore. This isn't, Oh man, that was your time to do it. Yeah, that was life. It doesn't mean there's you mean not like things for on, yourself. Holding on to the old, holding past. on to certain things about like the way we used to party at you know CrossFit yeah, yeah. Hollywood or the yeah. way that right. those things like that. Those yeah. were great. Those were amazing, carefree days. Yeah, but those days are past now, and they're different days. They're magical for totally different reasons. But I feel we hang on to that, and I'm not trying to get all you know. This is literally what I'm feeling each day, and the yeah, more yeah, I can yeah. let something go that doesn't even it's not even what i'm into anymore anyway but this certain echo of this this nostalgia or something in the back calling me to like oh what's now missing mm. i don't know it's it's what's in front of me is just too great with these mm. these little lives mm-hmm. so i what a great reminder as you're saying that i'm thinking about fuck i still 14 years later uh chased a leaderboard and <laughs> I, still I still life. take it seriously, man. I'm like driving. I'm like, I'm fucking 50. Why do I care about my friend time? And most of us don't oh, even do CrossFit God, anymore. So <laughs> Honestly. I'm holding on to the old. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's a, so that's a really big topic, man. I think it's men holding on to uh, the old, holding on to old definitions, you know, what a man looks like, all that stuff. So what, what I hear you saying is... Uh, life now confronting you in a way where you're uh, forced to let go of who you were, I guess, and, and kind of lean into who you're becoming as a dad. And I'm not the most important, you know, is oh, it important yeah, to take care of me, yeah. you know, first, yeah. of course, you know, I got to be able to function at a high level to be able to do everything, mm-hmm. but it's still hard getting over that and realizing, you know, and that yeah. colors every relate, you know, interaction with, you know, my wife too, mm-hmm. because they're hardwired immediately, you know, these children yeah right and i felt an immediate them too but that also was a collision with you know ego me yeah. who's all about nick and what's nick's doing i mean my career is it's me i'm right, selling right, you know that's right. the hard part too there's no rest from it mm-hmm. and now there is mm-hmm. wow. <laughs> feels like charlie what are your thoughts on that i feel the same way i mean kind of creating a new and different life where i'm not the focus yeah you know i i'm also an only child Single mom, like I was just. Oh wow! The Your mom is actually a really nice lady. She, <laughs> She's pretty. She, nice. she messes me on occasion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she'll message. Your, your she mom likes you, by the way. And she your mom oh, messages you. Yeah, yeah, yeah occasionally she's like, "That's a great." I bet you picture. said she matches like with me occasionally. Yeah, like, <laughs> your mom's still on the apps, buddy. <laughs> hey, real quick, by the way, moms now messaging our friends via social media is like a thing. It's the best. Yeah, oh my god. Oh my mom's like his mom might like you. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, my parents are really excited to meet you. John. Yeah, anyway, I know everyone um, thinks he's a celebrity. Yeah, so it's just I'm so used to, like Nick was saying, looking out for myself yeah. and doing if I wanted it, that was top priority. Right. Um, even at the expense of other relationships or other things, but just I wasn't the number one focus. And even early on in kids, it was 
I wasn't able to enjoy it as much because it was taking away from me. Mm-hmm. And it was more, uh, I, I mean, I did enjoy it, but I wasn't able to kind of accept this new kind of spot in my life where that was the new me moving forward. I was just holding on to this idea that I got to get this stuff done so that I can focus back on me. And just like, I got to get through this to-do list with these kids, take care of these responsibilities, mm-hmm. take care of my relationship just so that I can get back to my time. And so the last couple of years for me and still continuing to this day is just trying to kind of accept and move on to this new life that I have. That's not any better or worse, but it's different. It's a new phase. It's just a spot that I'm at mm-hmm. um, and trying to balance both and, you know, still find the time to take care of myself and the things I need, but also realize that I love and enjoy, you know, my family time and other relationships that, you know, I need to prioritize those as well. What's, uh, what's your answer when it comes to, uh, what is life confronting in you these days? Time, like a lack of time, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. um, it just seems like time flies by. I have so many things that I need to get done. And I spend a lot of time stressing about those things as opposed to just doing what I can and enjoying the process. Um, that I end up wasting more time and feel like it's passing quicker because I'm so worried about, you know, getting things done or a to-do list or responsibilities. But, um, yeah, it's really just time. Everything's do you, flying do you, by. With, with this new gym, do you um, – is it activating things in you like second time around? Or are there things – I mean, it has to be stirring things in you. Yeah, Good I mean – bad, you know? I, I love the, the stress of a, a deadline that works for me. Sure. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, up until – you know, this whole last week, Erica was out for a work trip and then gone and I had the kids and there's something invigorating about going to get a moving truck at 5 p.m. and loading all the shit up and scrambling and getting it over and unloaded by midnight and doing it all again the next day. Like there's something about a time crunch, um, a do or die type situation that mm-hmm. I enjoy. It's not quite the same as opening like my CrossFit gym or something where there's a that feeling, but on a financial end, because it's basically my same, nothing will change on a business end, but I do like that starting new, new page. Yeah, It's close to home too. So it's just going to help. It'll now just balance out everything time-wise. It's close to my home too. It's, yeah. it's my, it's my very I, handy. I think you're going to get a lot of people who you've run into in the past just because the, the studio is such a central location. Yeah. Yep. And we live there. So it's just so many people I meet or bump into or catch up with. That you know, downtown is far. It's where old studs go to die. Man. That's right. <laughs> the valley. John and with the rest of us. <laughs> I will be there forever. <laughs> Andy, what is uh, especially as a husband now? What um, what is life confronting in you? I had uh, a little bit of time to think about this. Oh, he gave you the question. I gave you time. Huh? I got. <laughs> or else, like, you answer is like influencer. I mean, I'll, cheerleader first thought was yeah. okay the new t- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie is coming out <laughs> and I don't know whether or not I want to see it because of the fact that it's animated that was the first initial thought <laughs> Andy at heart is this the universe is confronting why we love him so much I was really yeah. run into a hard wall there I'm glad you did that wasn't your answer yeah yeah. no um, <laughs> no I think uh, it's it's newer for me these guys have kids that are, uh, are yes. a little older yes. and, they, almost and they've been married for longer. Yeah. And this is all like brand spanking new for me. And so right now I think the biggest thing in my life is trying to figure out how to juggle it all and make time for balance of, of my life and family and work without just running myself into the ground to the point where it's like, okay, I need a week off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think that that in itself, um, I mean, I had a conversation with Malia last night about his wife scheduling. Yeah. The wife. I mean, just trying to get here. I'm sure. Right. Yeah, exactly. We were trying to navigate the schedules and be like, Hey, I got a hard stop at two o'clock cause I gotta be home yeah. by three. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> Have like, fun. Yeah. <laughs> <In> your, <laughs> it's like, there's certain things off. like that where, um, I think navigating the schedule and being a lot more vocal cause before having a kid, before being married, being single and everything like that, it's like, whenever you want to do something, you should do it. Yep. You yeah. know, if the, if the yeah. business calls and they yeah. need somebody coming in, it's like, I'll just go in right now. Right. Right. Yep. And now it's like the other day, 
I was supposed to cover for somebody. And all of a sudden, I realized that, oh, Malia's gone. She's in Santa Barbara this this oh, that day. Right. And I don't have anybody to, to babysit. And I have an 11-month-year-old boy who is, you know, he he's not going to be able to stay up past 6 p.m. Right. And so it's like, and I just, I was like, okay, I got to cancel the classes. And I was like, you know, luckily somebody covered the class. Mm-hmm. But the, the point is, is that I'm figuring out how that I need to be very vocal about everything, especially my schedule. Yeah. Right now, scheduling and time is really my crux in my life right now. When you work for yourself, I mean, we're the, that's, you're the last, you know, no one else is going to take care of it. And so once it comes down to it, it's, it's crazy. There's one thing I don't miss is scheduling and you're the last line of defense when Mm -hmm. something needs to get done. Mm -hmm. You can call the people, but at the end of the day, it falls on you and, Mm-hmm. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. So when you and Malia had a kid, the first thing I thought was, uh, you you guys um, live for adventure. You know, you guys are always surfing, rock climbing, fitness. And I thought, holy shit, what are they going to do? He's going to throw because a wrench in the in this more than a wrench, man. I mean, it's like a, it's a completely new life. I think you guys have been doing it really well. Um, and then on top of that, now you're married, and so I don't, is there a pressure to that, or is that to you just not that big of a deal? No, I mean. It was actually really exciting. Not that it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> no, don't set them up like yeah, that. No, <laughs> uh, no it was, I was actually really excited. I, I, there was no sort of like, no, yeah. at, at all. There was yeah. never, even even for a moment, like I've always kind of secretly wanted to be a dad. And so whenever it happened, it was like, yes, this part of my life goals is now coming to fruition. Because I, I, I also accepted that that might not ever happen. Hmm. And so I was like, okay, I can't put happiness into that because if it doesn't happen, I don't want to be that person and be like, no, 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 yeah. miserable because that never right. happened. Right. So yeah. that it happened, it was like this really exciting thing. Uh, and so, yeah, I have had to put stuff on pause for a little bit, um, but it doesn't make me sad. In fact, it's like it, Whenever those times come, whenever I do get to go rock climbing or I do get to go camp or I get get to go surf or whatever, it's like, all right, I'm really looking forward to this just like I did in the past. But now it's like I get uh, – it's almost like I get a – It's a treat. It's a treat. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a different uh, – change. you got to change it from being, a, I think, a negative thought to being a positive and that in itself is an art and you – I mean, I know that like if you constantly are thinking in the positive state, that turns into a Ted Lasso, which is admirable. Mm-hmm. Well, they always <laughs> say like opinion. just saying I, I have to versus I get to right. changes yeah. just That's your mentality. Big. And yeah, it's like totally. I was stuck in I have to go watch, you know, one of my sons or have to take instead yeah. of like I get to go do this every yeah. day. I get yeah. to go take him to baseball and just throw that a thousand. simple yeah. word yeah. change. And I can change a lot. But the other night, my, my six-year-old, but she's, you know, famous for whoever asked her to come in and read the book. They know they're going to be in there because she won't let them leave after the book. And she's like, no, sleep with me a little bit. And then you end up falling asleep. And then your only time after the kids are asleep, you've now like fallen asleep in her bed for two hours. You're like, I can't even wake up right now. So by the time you get back in your bed, like your night's done. You're, you're going to bed. So she's like the black hole. <laughs> you go over there. But what I found is I used to be like, right, ever if you don't stop and stop talking, lay down and, you know, and she'll let me tickle her back, you know, she'll rub her head. But if you don't do that, then dad is leaving. I'm leaving. Five minutes, you don't do that, I'm leaving. And then I started thinking about it. And maybe I read something. I didn't even remember. But it was like, there are going to be times that I wish she wanted me to snuggle up with her in bed. Mm-hmm. How long is that going to last? Mm-hmm. How many years do I really have of that? of her wanting that time and for us to be staying up late. It's already past 8.30, you know, her, she's in bed by hopefully just after seven. And yet here we are talking into the night. She's asking me stuff while we're watching her stars, you know, glow yeah. under her bed. Like, this is magic. It's and if quick. I look at it that way, it's a different thing altogether. Ace is almost nine and I, it's like, it's quick where he doesn't want, I won't, he won't want me around to do all the things. Yeah, you know? I won't be right. asking for extra stories or extra time. And he's going to be embarrassed of what you're listening to when you go pick him up from school. Or yeah. Something. And it's quick. And I can see just how quickly, cause Wilder's five and he's still like, you know, wants me there for everything, but I can, you know, it's quick. And then mm. it's easy to just, and we do the same thing. Like, God, 
I want to read another book. I'm going to go watch the show, the one show I watch every week, all this stuff. But you can do that later, you know? It just doesn't, it, it, when you really think about it, it, it doesn't uh, compete. Mm-hmm. Was your mom a single mom raising you? Yep. So do you have any relationship with dad or zero? Um, that's an interesting story. So I haven't talked to my dad since 2008. Mm-hmm. Saw him a little bit off and on growing up. Um, he lived out of state. And I actually just went. He lives in Key West. I was down there for my Formula One podcast at the race. And drove down and saw him for the first mm. time in wow. 15 years. Wait, what made mm. you do that? Because uh, you were there and you felt it? No, and actually the race is kind of secondary. I was going to go anyway. It was something I wanted to do. I haven't talked to him, not even on the phone or wow. nothing in 15 years. And it was just like on the in the back of my mind. Like, yeah. I don't want this... I don't want it on my mind. I want to, if he's over it and doesn't want to ever talk to me, I want to know at least I reached out. Sure. I closed that connection and that's it. Um, so I've been thinking about doing it and always putting it off, you know, for two years and finally went and did it. So it was great. No, no, no. Dude, this huge lead up. And I, then I then shot him great. down. And then I'm just going to Oh like, my God. Uh, Wait, so what was, you haven't seen him in 15 years. Yep. Um, what so how do you respond? What did you guys talk about? What was it like? I mean, I uh I didn't really want to have a conversation first. So I called him mm-hmm. and just said, I'm coming down. This is Charlie. I'm, I'm gonna be coming down there. I'd love to to get together, see you, yeah. whatever. And so we got down there and he came to the hotel. We had lunch. Um and you know, my expectation I didn't want to have any expectations. Right. I didn't want it to go a certain way. I didn't want to have a script. I didn't want to have uh, any talking points, nothing like that. Um, Cause I just didn't know how it was going to go. So it was very, very easy. Uh, it was as if nothing had ever happened. Nothing, you know, just like picking up. And we had last, we talked, we got in a big fight and basically is a, well, fuck you. I'm out. Mm. So it was just like nothing, nothing happened, which, was satisfying and very dissatisfying at the same right. time. <laughs> Wait, was it dissatisfying yeah, because it felt kind of um, things pushed under the rug? Or a little bit, yeah, yeah. But also satisfying in that like, okay, I can accept that that's where it's at. I don't need anything. I don't right. need it like I might have needed an apology or an, uh, some kind of acknowledgement 10 years ago. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, not a t- mostly my mom. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Uh, who was your... Um, did you have a male role model growing up that you looked up to? Yeah, I had a not? great neighbor friend, family friend that, you know, did all the sports stuff with me. He was always around. My grandfather, uh, he died when I was in a sophomore in high school. But until then, like, yeah. he was – did everything, all the mm. sports, all the – you know, he was around a ton. Mm. Yeah. Well, what about your dad? Because your dad passed yeah, when you were I can, I can kind of relate uh, to that. Uh, and not on the same level um, – Cause I never knew my dad. And so I had a stepdad from three on, but I was constantly looking for a male role model. Yeah. And as having a, a support figure there was nice, but it didn't, it wasn't something that I aspired to be like, it wasn't like, okay, this is, this is dad. But at the same time, it's, I was still looking for something to, admire and not that I didn't admire him it just wasn't the same like in terms of a father figure or something that I you know so yeah and and I look at that and I look at my friends who are fathers and are in present in their in their children's life and or I have friends that are able to reach out to their dad and things like that and I always there's a lot of times where I stop and be like huh interesting I and I and I wonder what that would have been like and so I can kind of relate uh, on that level. And it's not that I don't, I'm not like sad about it because I didn't know any better, right. you yeah. know, and, but at the same time, it, there is curiosity there and, and, and the curiosity that carries over into my own relationships of now I'm that which I didn't have. And so I don't really know exactly how I want to show up. It's yeah. almost like I'm kind of paving a road. I'm like, yeah. I just hope I do this right. Yeah. You know? And a dad who passed. Be what you needed, right? Right, exactly. But a dad who passed is a little different than a dad who um, didn't show up or wasn't there because Mm -hmm. there's choice involved. And I think with you, 
there was a hero to your dad because you know you put the 86 on your neck which was his dirt bike right right his number yeah. he rode dirt bikes yeah, yeah. Uh, he seemed like a really cool adventurous guy and so even though you didn't know him there's uh yeah, it puts him on a pedestal yeah, it makes it, it, but it makes him inhuman and so you you think of him as this perfect being and so my life's quest has been to find out what his flaws were right yeah. your mom could tell you and no 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 she honestly she i'm like she's like i ain't gonna lie to you he was, was a badass son Tommy yeah. he was did cool he, like snored and <laughs> right, like right. what was like right. he breathed through his mouth or something like tell me something yeah, yeah. you know but she's like no nah, he was great <laughs> he was she's kind of vague too yeah. i'm like i gotta like pull teeth to get anything yeah. out so mm. it's funny what's your relationship like with your dad nick pretty great um but growing up, I was raised mostly by my mother. My father was in the military. They divorced when I was four. Mm. And I had an older brother who was kind of the guy I'd look up to. But we were enough years apart that very quickly I, you know, became annoying to him. We spent a lot of time still together with family. But so I guess it's funny because I pe- people would ask me and I'd look back and go, oh, I had a great childhood. You know, my parents were divorced. But if you asked me, I didn't really know. It meant I had two houses. And yeah. that's the way I thought about it i thought but i think as i've gotten older i started to think more and look at the patterns i've had with the relationships and things and not to blame you know because we still are you know a power of what we do we have so many things around us telling what what's right regardless of the models we were shown and yet we still emulate you know my dad has always been a hero to me he's uh you know west point grad mm-hmm. army ranger airborne you know became a physician um, just a really smart, very like an awesome coach. Taught us soccer. Taught us, uh, you know, how to ride bikes, scuba dive. So many things like that made me thing. interesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, so many things that made I thought interesting, or made my life interesting, or made my college application look good were things that came from my father. I thought, you know, and then a lot of it was also the resilience of my mother, mm-hmm. who was such a hard work and and just put her kids first and put her boys first and. My sister was born much later. Uh, she was born when I was 10 and my brother was like 15. Right. So my brother was, or yeah. So very soon my brother left to college. I left to live with my dad when he moved back into town after years away. And that was hard, you know, cause she was like, oh, is everyone leaving me? You know, mm-hmm. and she has her own things. I'm sure, you know, growing up with some of that, but, um, and we had different fathers. So I had a stepfather who came around from the time I was like nine, I think, or 10, but I didn't, wasn't ready to listen to him. He was the other guy and he was the one that you know, yeah. was in the way and right, why right, my right. parents wouldn't get back together. And he would tell my brother and I to do something. We're like, yeah, whatever, Vance. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you call me dad? Yeah, okay, Vance. <laughs> whatever, Peter. <laughs> and, you know, but now that I look at it, I look at, I was chasing, I was looking, I had mentors. San yeah. Antonio's full of Latinos that were, you know, uh, achieving in a high level. You know, we ran the city council. The mayor was Latino. But for me, it was... Um, I was still chasing the shadow of my dad. Yeah. I think of this. He was this badass that drew the convertible and was all this Amy army ranger airborne. I thought I was going to do all the same stuff. And I mean, he just had a way. I mean, when you look at what I, I did on like something like a good doctor and my character who's known for being a real hard ass, that was my dad. Mm. Yeah. That was my dad and my brother. That was a mixture of them. And, and my dad was like, you know, I tell you something to do. I want to, all I want to see is assholes and elbows. I mean, how much you're down there working, you know, oh, right, right. you know, and you, know, you were numb nuts and, you know, like all the different things. And we, so I'm gonna he, steal this from he my taught daughter. me a lot. Assholes and elbows. He taught me a lot, but he also probably taught me about, um, you know, some of the darker sides of, you know, marriage and yeah. infidelity. And, yeah. and, you know, I, for me, for a long time, you know, I thought of. A notch on the belt was a, a thing to brag about. You know, that right. was an achievement. So right. to me, it was, that was a big thing. And I don't know, because I think my dad used to, you know, there, there were women around and people he was dating. What, and we what, saw all that. And Was he old school? Like, is there a lot of machismo in your culturally? Because there is for me being Korean. Yeah. You know, I think I've whittled that down as we've yeah. gone on. But yeah. yeah, I mean, we all now say I love you, you know, trying to get off the phone. My brother and I, it's a more new thing. But, yeah. you know, with my dad, it's always and, you know, we've always been very loving. But I think my brother had a, had a tougher time with my dad growing up. Yeah. Like my dad was even harder than, you know, he was a real strict disciplinarian. My dad used to yell uh, from across the room to my, my mom, hey, give me a glass of water. And I'm thinking like, Me God, can I, should I, I can't imagine uh, saying that now or even the response I would get. But uh, I just wouldn't get a response. There'd be nothing. <laughs> for, for months, there would be nothing. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Like she yeah. wouldn't even, it wouldn't, she wouldn't even hear it. It just, 
if I said, give me a glass of water. <laughs> Who are you talking to? It just it would go in one ear out the next. It'd right. be nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. It's a different time. And I think, uh, you know, they, my parents grew up poor. Uh, my dad was never around, never taught me anything, never taught me, um, you know, how to play any sports. No Kung bench Fu. warmer, no Kung Fu. He didn't know any martial arts. Um, and so what I remember of my dad is like silly things. Like he used to, uh, Koreans have the, this little stick that you put in your ear. They're like Q-tips, but they're like wooden spoons. And uh, I, used, I remember I was like nine and I would lay in his lap and he would fucking clean my ears out. And that like, it's sad, but like that's the memory I have of my dad. Wow. Or like he would be clipping his uh, toenails while I was like trying to make a, a model plane. He's like, hey, go pick those up for me. Really? <laughs> and, and give me some water while And he would say like, oh, you can't build that. I'm just wasting my money. And I remember like desperately trying to put, you know, a thousand popsicle sticks together. And I, of course I couldn't do it. Um, but this is why I can't fucking climb inside of rocks and stuff. Uh, uh, traversing. I had no no skills, uh, no, was taught nothing. Um, but you know, my point, I guess, is saying is that um, we live in a, we live in a fatherless nation. And what's interesting is to see the byproduct of not having a dad. Whether in my case, he was he was emotionally absent. He was there every day, but he's emotionally absent um, or physically gone. And then, kind of, what happens to a man as they become fathers because they uh, didn't have a father. If father wasn't present, you know, mm-hmm. so it's really interesting to hear you guys' stories and also see you guys as dads. I also wonder if we put a lot of pressure on ourselves, maybe too much, to be like a super dad. You know, mm-hmm. if we're not present for a minute, we're really down on ourselves because we're so uh, not wanting to be the the kind of dad that wasn't there for us. Hmm. Taking a black light to ourselves as dads. You know? oh, I don't want to see mine just on the weekends. I know that you know, <laughs> yeah, a lot of right. what my dad was led to that. And, you know, four wives. Um, and that's, I just, I, I'm hell bent on, you know, I want to provide a home for them and be around them all the time. And this is too precious. This time is just flying by. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is your dad yeah. still around? Yeah, he yeah. is. He is. Yeah. Are you close with him? I am. I am. Yeah. We just talked on the way here. Nice. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Charlie, uh, that was my question. Um, you have a question you want to ask us? I want to kind of rotate. Everyone gets uh, a question and we kind of round table. So mine was, what is life confronting in you these days? What would be yours? Um, I guess for me, it's been actually in a week, my 10-year anniversary, mm. wedding anniversary. Wow. Andy's been there. I was there. there. You were there. I was there. Yeah. Ace Hotel, man. That was great. Um, I saw the pigs. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess everyone's kind of at different stages and wait, 10 years of marriage, but you guys have been together a lot longer. Forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> High school, college. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially right. forever. Right. Um, how has like becoming a dad, a professional, whatever it may be, advancing a career, how has that affected your relationships and how wow. have you kind of kept them off the back burner with everything else going on? Wow. Relationship with wife or yeah. wife and life? Yeah. yeah, wife. John Kim, you're up first. Fuck. Um, you, you know what has been difficult is after having a child, um, witnessing what a woman goes through as far as being touched out. And then so um, one of the, the, the things that we, um, I think we're coming out the other side of this, is me wanting um, to feel desired, wanting sex, wanting intimacy, like it was before Logan, without realizing, you know, she just had a baby and her relationship with self and all that. Um, Yeah, so feeling uh, not desired, uh, not feeling satisfied, putting pressure on her to um, have sex with me, do things, um, that's been a struggle. And then on her side, uh, because she has, you know, Logan constantly at her leg and then now she has her partner wanting things, she just wants to be kind of left alone, you know? And Mm -hmm. so I think as far as relationships, uh, the toughest has been the adjustment of laying new tracks when it comes to intimacy, love, sex, what Mm -hmm. that looks like post, post baby. Yep. Yeah. Sounds like, you know how it's like you got, you had an old pet and then you got a puppy. Yeah. And the old pet's like, yeah. 
throw their hands up in the air and be like, what am I now? Chop liver. Mm. Or you're the old pet in this. Yeah. yeah. I was trying to yeah. figure out who is the old pet. John Kim's the old pet. Then, you know, Logan's the puppy. If Malia's the old pet, you don't, you don't say old pet. <laughs> <laughs> you're the old pet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I figured that. No. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's like not a conscious thing, but it's the easiest relationship, the one I'm most subconsciously comfortable with putting on the back burner. Or giving the least amount of attention yeah, to. Yeah. This is the relationship with you. With my with or, Erica, yeah. yeah. You know, it's just like the one I know I can it's there, it's solid, mm-hmm. and it's the easiest one to not put to adequate time sure. into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um the kids obviously I can't miss a second. It's they're changing daily, weekly, monthly. It's like something new all the time. Mm-hmm. Work and business and doing all that is always time sensitive. And that's the one relationship with my wife that's like I don't, I'm not choosing to do it, but it's like, I think in my mind, I know, oh, that's going to be fine. I can get to that later. Hmm. See, that's, that's what I thought. Uh, we've been together 10 years, but only been married seven. And I kind of just thought, well, hey, we know about this, right? So this is, and we can focus on this because obviously this is coming at us really fast and constant, right? Right. And the whole way we're along and I feel like we're together until she turned to me and was like, like, I still want you to date me, you know, I yeah. want you, I was like, mm, right. well, yeah, I mean, cause I'm like you, you know, yeah. that's, I want all that. I want intimacy. I yeah. want date. Like, yeah, I'm okay. Well, let's get babysitters. Let's do all, you know, like that to me is always what I wanted, but it was kind of felt like, well, isn't this stuff more important? And you know, all the things with the kids and of course you're tired and I want you to be rested and we're all mm-hmm. trying to stay healthy and one gets sick. And then, yeah. so it's just this constant, you know, juggle, but I did think that well, that was okay and we were fine and to realize that well now i have to romance all over you not that i you know i like being that yeah mm-hmm. but i kind of thought well we just kind of agreed that oh yeah all this is going on but oh now i have to romance you to make you want to feel like you want to be intimate with me whereas mm-hmm. it's yeah. like can't you just see like i'm doing everything you know? yeah you know i'm <laughs> like off my and everything's list. clean and like you know because that's what i think the love language is so i'm cleaning right. up you know each night our kitchen is spotless and everything so you can come in in the morning and it's clean and you know it's just like look what i'm doing yeah, yeah. you know and oh doing not, things doing things with a payback doing things with expectations we we're talking about well and, and then you don't it's get it's not like you're just doing an expectations they have to know that but you're still just doing it all yeah, and thinking yeah, yeah. you know camera's not seeing the, all this stuff the, but yeah, yeah. this is enough type thing yeah or if yeah. i'm super dad then they're gonna be like come here you sexy woman yeah <laughs> <laughs> well what would let me ask you this because it's different for everyone so charlie in your case what would working on your marriage even look like what would it look like to actually uh put the marriage you know even above the kids what would that even look like um you know with my kids i'm constantly thinking about what i want my role to be as their dad um, and it's a combination of what I wanted, what I think I wanted, things that I got from my mom that I want to pass mm-hmm. on to them. You know, it's, I'm constantly thinking about how I am present for them as a dad. Yeah. And I think it's just as simple as thinking about that as a husband too. Right. Right. Um, so not necessarily anything drastic, but just thinking about it. Just how do I want to show up for this relationship too? Mm-hmm. Um, and that can be the things like cleaning up the kitchen if I know that makes her day better or seeing she needs extra time to go, you know, spend on herself, um, planning things for us. I just, I guess, thinking about it. More. But you know, what's really yeah. important there, though, is what you're exactly right. But what I didn't see, too, was the idea of looking at the way I was looking at things. You know, as much as I was getting everything right. done and all that, right. I was still looking at life a little more pessimistically, I was a little more cynical. And when things would come up, I'd be like, yeah, but what about this? Or I was always the voice of reason. Mm -hmm. And I realized like less of me having to be the protector. How am I going to be somebody that she wants to be around? Yeah. I can be doing all that for you. My, my, you know, I think, Mm -hmm. you know, my, not to call my sister out, but she, you know, I think one of her issues with her father is that he's such like a caretaker that he's always trying to take care of her, that it's less of like, well, how are you? And, you know, asking about the deeper stuff in life rather than like, did you pay those parking tickets? Did you do this? Like, that's how he takes care of things. And for me, realizing is like, it's also about changing a little bit of who I am. And if I've kind of gotten by on this kind of cynical way of going through life, like that's only so nice for people. And you can be like brag about it and say, well, my wife is such a ray of light and she's enough for two of us. And I grumpily go through things and she apologizes for me. That, yeah. you know, it, 
wasn't cute and hasn't been for years. You yeah. Know? One thing I'm also learning is uh, if you're able to pull back and uh, look at um, your resistance, um, for example, so in this case, me talking about um, um, for wanting more sex or, or wanting sex to be like before or whatever, uh, instead of pointing the finger and try to grab and control your partner um, to do something, if you start exploring why, well, my dad was an alcoholic, I'm very impulsive, uh, you know, for like with food, if I like imagine a Big Mac that it's going in my stomach that day, no matter what, I don't care how far it is, like it's happening. Right. And so she's not like that at all. Right. So taking ownership of my, um, my addictions. Right. Um, mm. and, and sex may be one of them. Right. So looking at that, honestly, uh, because when we look at things through our own, own eyes, we think that's the standard. Um, but it, it may not be true. So, a lot of this has been me uh, analyzing, I don't know about analyzing, just exploring myself, where the urges are coming from, um, and what I could take ownership of. And, and I realized that if I don't do that, then I'm grabbing instead of holding. If I do that, then I'm holding, and then naturally what happens is I get what I want, meaning she does come around. And we do have a lot of, a lot of things that I don't give, give her credit for because I expect her to do these things or on my timeline or, you know, like, like that kind of stuff. So I think taking ownership, looking at self, um, that's been, it's been huge for me in our relationship, uh, to pull back and see truth instead of see everything through my eyes, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but relationships are fucking hard. It I is, mean, they're yeah. so, and once you throw kids in the mix and then mm -hmm. you want to build a business, like it's, and we're there's just, not enough time in the day. We're so comfortable coexisting. Like mm -hmm. we've got mm -hmm. our systems, our kind of unspoken roles of things we get done, responsibilities, routines, routines. And like, I know the list of things she's going to take care of at the house. And she knows the list that I'm going to do. And we are very good at just coexisting. Is there mm -hmm. danger in that though? Yeah, control. totally. Right. And that's what I mean. It's like, and so it's easy for it to just that relationship to be on autopilot yeah, because yeah. for our, for us, we, we don't need to communicate or interact much to get all our shit done. Right. And that, is too comfortable i mm. think at times and it's not giving enough attention to that relationship just because yeah. it functions mm -hmm. um doesn't mean it's always great you know yeah that's really interesting that you know because uh from what i know both of you guys are high achievers you guys get you know a lot of stuff done and i could see that your marriage being kind of a a well well-oiled machine with functions and juggling everything and if that is the default over stretched over time uh, spontaneity, things, you know, that we find when we are first dating someone and everything's new, all of that can kind of slowly fade. Yeah. And it's just like a, um, you know, pistons of an engine. Just, you know, just and it's all, and there's always a good excuse. We've got yeah. other things going on right. and it's like, yeah, that makes sense. But mm -hmm. it's too comfortable almost yeah. and too routine, too habitual. Hey, Nick, uh, fun fact did you know that if you, did you know that if a woman sleeps one hour longer a day, just one hour, um, she is, her arousal is wanting to connect and, and, and be intimate with you goes up, I think, 14%. No, it doesn't. I'm always the first one up with the kids these days. Like, oh, I'm like, well, no, please. Like, like, well, I'm not. Sleep, so that I want you to feel good. I want you to. Give her an hour of sleep and uh, <laughs> yeah, thing comes like, around. Yeah. We've got blackout curtains all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're getting eight hours right now, man. Okay. We're running out of excuses here. <laughs> all right. Nick, what's your question for mm. us? And then we're going to end with Andy. Hey, wanted to share with you something I'm super excited about. If you go to theangrytherapist.com forward slash premium, you not only get commercial-free episodes, but also something I'm introducing called series, rotating wellness topics, but not only lessons, but what do we do with this information? How do we thread this into our life so we could change our life? Go to theangrytherapist.com forward slash premium. I think what, what I keep bumping up against or, or what's resonating with me just listening is, you know, what I want to be for my children as far as what, what kind of man, like, you you know, it's the intentional fallacy, right, of what we want them to see us mm -hmm. as. So we mm -hmm. tell them things or, 
you know, but they're watching everything. They're watching every single little mannerism when my son copies right. something the way I do my mouth or, or make a sound immediately. They are, that's what they do. That's how they learn, you know, and we're pack animals and we notice that we notice the week, we notice the variations. And I just know that they're watching so much and it's so hard to forgive yourself for lapses and like whether you're short with them or, you know, and, you know, or whether you say, why can't you just listen or all these kind of things? Well, she's six, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah. they're kids and this is how they, you know, and they need boundaries and then just also tiptoeing through this. And knowing the way I see my father now, knowing the way I see my, my brother as a father and like how I really want to fit in there. But I think it all goes to legacy as well with how the person I want to be and continue to be now, because I feel like there was a me all up until this point, you know? So I guess the, the question really is um, how we can make them <laughs> see, you know, what we want them to see or, or how to even begin because every, everybody needs something different, you know, and yeah. it's just a matter of letting your child be themselves, which is really hard. And then starting to discern what they need. Um, I, I, so when I hear that, I don't like the, um, the term making your child see you a certain way because it feels forced. I think well, that's what I mean. You know, the intentional fallacy. It's, it's, it's like their choice, happen. how they're going to see you. Exactly. And so all you can be is, uh, what you value is, is, is good. So like to me, just being authentically me, um, you know, sometimes I'll cuss in front of Logan and there's a part of me that's like, Oh, don't do that. But it's like, that's me, man. I like tan my taint and take a photo of it and put it on Instagram. Like I'm just me, you know? And I think allowing her to make her decisions on what I'm like. And my job is just to be authentic. Um, of course, you know, taking care of her and, you know, the, trying to be as, a. uh, uh, a, a good role model but but at the end of the day i think uh what she'll appreciate and get the most out of is oh my dad i didn't agree with everything that that he you know he's kind of weird or whatever but I, he was fucking authentic he was just he was just him he was pure and uh if that's what she takes away from from me i think that that's what i would have wanted to take away from my my parents you know mm -hmm. it's just like Love him or hate him, that's that's who he was. And so he's still he figuring me. out what authentic is. Though. Well, yeah, that's you know? yeah, exactly. To me, I mean, it's authentic sure. to what an experience sure. I had that I don't wish on my children to. I don't. I don't know. I don't. That's the thing. I think for me now is like, what does this? Mm. Who am I now with all this? Because I knew who Nick was. I knew who, and I was a runner all up through college. And then when that stopped, then I had to figure out who I was again. And then suddenly I'm an actor. And then that's what I do now. But who am I? So, so here's what's interesting: you not knowing, I think, is super powerful. So to me, you telling yourself, "I'm in a stage of my life where I, I don't know," is what's authentic. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I think that gives her permission in life both your children to not know and be okay with that. Cause dad was like that. And I really uh, respected him, hmm. you know, when he was that way. Yeah. I, I think, uh, Charlie said something earlier about enjoying the process. Um, that kind of hit home with me as well. Cause it's like, where, wherever you are in your life's journey and you have these moments where you kind of look, reflect back on the past and a lot of times whenever you do that you're like well those are good times you know wow those you know i really enjoyed those times but then it's like if you if you actually like were able to rewind and go back into that spot were you actually in that moment enjoying it and you feel in, in, in euphoria the way you're imagining it yeah mm -hmm. in the present mm -hmm. um and i think that like if you actually stop and be like okay hey look at where i am in this process of where I'm uh, aspiring to, to go um, and smiling at that in a, in a way that's like, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not easy. I'm not saying it's like, it's going to be, it's going to change its, its difficulty, but like saying, Hey, it is a process and I'm going to choose to, you know, be proud of where I am in this process because later on in life, I'm going to look back and be like, wow, I went through that really tough shit and that was fucking great. Look, look who it made me today, you know? And I think that is something that is easy forgotten. One, one thing I've noticed about Andy and you guys may agree, um, you're extremely present 
and try. You're one of the most not positive, always. not in a fake way, but you're one of the most positive people that that I know. Um, and when you're down, you also admit that you're down, you know. So, mm-hmm. um, you, but you're also hard to get a hold of. You're like a slippery fish, right? But but when you're but when you're in front of someone, whether it's a, a, a friend or uh, I also I noticed you uh, with um, with your son and also Malia, uh, you're super super present, man. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah. I actually put a lot of effort in that. <laughs> it, it seems like it comes naturally. It seems like it comes naturally that how present you are. What is uh, your question? Uh, I'm. Uh, are y'all gonna see that new teenager? You know, <laughs> because maybe like, we should. Maybe I, that I didn't even know there was one. Yeah. I didn't know either. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I actually have to yeah. forfeit my question. Uh, my uh, like a serious question because I do have to go. Okay. I, I do have a, a wife that has therapy at three, and no, she, it's already passed. Yeah, it's almost yeah. time for me to go. Um, so. hey, one thing I noticed real quick before we go, we um, we put a lot of weight on being good dads. I noticed, I, and I know I see that with Charlie and Nick more so than me. Um. And I wonder if we put the same effort in uh, being a good husband, what that would be like and what comes up in that. In that you know? mm. I don't know. No, no. That's a very valuable Because thought. I think yeah. what, um, uh, wives and mothers can feel when they have kids, it's all about being the super parent or super dad. They could also feel forgotten. Sure. You know? But I think it's when they don't match up because there's times when I'm feeling like I'm working at this relationship right. and I'm putting in – the compliments and I'm and not not empty, but meaning like genuine and I'm but she's rocking and rolling and doing all the things we need to get done too, but she's in that mindset. The way I've been too, but now I'm choosing to go, hey, and she's like, hey, but she's over here, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and that's that's still hard too, to not feel resentful of, of that and be like, Well, here I am doing it. And I sure. feel like it's not even being received. Sure. Or, yeah. yeah. Or or reciprocated, yeah. I get it. No. Well, you know, this isn't about answers. Uh, I really appreciate you guys uh, coming here. I know we're not going to see each other for another decade. So it was, it was nice having some tea and uh, making eye contact. Yeah, no, last Freezing time we were all hanging out, we were all like slamming beers or something. I, oh, well, I try. I think when your gym opens, there will be a great reason to go and, and work out. That'd Anytime. Awesome. Yeah. I'd love it. Yeah. He's like, first one's free, but you know where to come after that. That would actually be a lot of fun. If we went over yeah, that would be amazing. I would love that. Anytime. Or you guys could come all over to Hollywood. No, well, let's go to Charlie's gym. Yeah, actually, no, no, totally. I would love to come over. Sometime. Um, yeah. yeah, thank you for uh, creating a dialogue, and um, yeah, just thank you for showing up as just dudes. Yeah, thank yeah. you for setting it up. Yeah. Thank you, Bill. Thank you. All right, Joe. Well, all right. Wife right uh, Has he left yet? <laughs>